Welcome to A Writer in Italy, the podcast. I am your host, Michelle Johnston, and this is a little share in the world of travel, books, art, food, and lifestyle. I live in Australia, yet have long had an attraction to the Mediterranean countries for as long as I can remember. This inspiration has fueled my creative life and given me incredible joy over the years as an artist and a writer. If you are new to the podcast, season one is the bookshare in the shadow of a cypress, an Italian adventure, and then many other musings on books, art, cooking, and indeed the lure of Italy as the ultimate muse. You can find all show notes at michellejohnston.life and follow me on Instagram at a writer in Italy and at the yellow house underscore. Thank you for joining me. I love having you here for the journey of Muse Italia. Welcome to podcast 35. Greetings to you all out there in the far reaches of podcast land. I just thought I would create a little share on life and things happening or not happening or whatever I come up with this particular time. So let's see how we go. Finally, things here are shifting gears. Even news recently that travel abroad is opening up to us in Australia. It seems very surreal to me and full of mixed emotions, trepidation, excitement, all of it. I had a few sleepless nights thinking about it and then just thought, oh, we can wait. I wonder now, it is kind of funny and that after all of this time, my list of places to visit has quadrupled. I recall uh, Rick Steves a while back, he was being interviewed and he said something like, Travel plans don't go anywhere. They just get backed up. And I am feeling a little backed up, which causes some consternation in the decision-making department. It all feels a little pressured to get it right. After all, it's been a few years, hasn't it? So I thought about that and I thought, well, is there a wrong when it comes to a place like Italy? Perhaps not. Although no tickets are booked, I am waiting in a way to see what feels right and I am waiting to see if it is true that you can go and come back. So, you know, I've just got to see here in Australia what happens basically. Someone will go and come back soon, I'm sure. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Although saying that, I have about five travel books I want to write and explore the idea of. Two in particular, sooner rather than later, so fingers are definitely crossed. And I guess I am working on being present to the goodness that is here at home, which is not hard considering, although I would like to say I will be glad when the kids go back to school. Eight weeks at home and school lessons in bed. Sydney, in fact, clocked over 100 days at home. Mamma mia. Uh, This culminated the other morning when I thought that Liv was just watching TikTok laying within the sheets practically over her head. No, she was in class. Yes, you may wonder, does she have a desk? 
Yes, we have a desk in her room and many tables scattered around the house. But alas, they are in their pajamas until about 12.30 and learning from the sheets from the warmth of their bed, which is kind of nice and kind of funny. Things are indeed shifting gears. We went for a drive into the city the other day, about a 30 minute drive for us, and it is now acceptable to have picnics and wander about with friends. The lawns near Commonwealth Bridge were littered with merry picnickers, striped cloths and spring dresses, families and friends. We joined them, although at a distance, with a takeaway lunch, the first for a while. It was a touch of magic to see all of the tulips in flower walking around the lake. Normally there is a flower festival and it is very beautiful with long beds of tulips and poppies a colourful antidote to the long winter days that have passed. And so it is springtime here, which I admit is always a relief when you live in a cool climate region. The fava or broad beans are in flower and turning to pods. The shallots and spinach are fantastic. Uh, And we kind of need a little more sun. It has been raining a lot. Well, a lot for where we live, which is a nice change. I won't be listening to the farmers that come into town complaining about their water tanks being dry. Let's just say that much. The orchard is full of blossoms on the apples, the plum, the pear and the quince trees. And Richard cut them back pretty hard this year, so I am amazed they even have flowers. Fingers crossed, no frost arrives to damage the blossoms. So far, so good. The tomatoes are growing. Don't ask me why I planted about 200. Four seed packets, 50 each. It's going to be abundant. I just hope the sun turns up. Although I do not know how I will deal with that next month. We will see. The roses are ambling up pillars and veranda beams. So all is well there. With extra time around recently, I've managed to get it all done. I have about 70 roses, maybe more. I think I've lost count. It doesn't seem that way when you walk around the garden, but I know there are many. I counted them last year, although sometimes you lose a few. So when trees start to shade over the top of them and whatnot, which has started to happen a little bit. But yes, summer is around the corner. And after living in the land of no travel, It will be just lovely to get in the car and drive the hour and a half to the sea. That is what is on our mind, at least at the moment. Although, ironically, everything kind of coincides, doesn't it? Back to real work, back to running around, wanting to jump in the car and go and escape. So over the last few months, I have revived my website and created a new domain entirely, michellejohnston.life, and that has led me to a little experimenting with more ideas and blogs. I don't really know why, but I seem to get all of these ideas. The usual story, more ideas than I can utilize. So the idea was to cook from the shelves of the cookbooks I have acquired over the years. It appears I have turned into a collector of sorts. It kind of went like this. 
It was late Sunday afternoon. I had just ordered How to Eat a Peach and Paola's History Out cookbook. Earlier in the week, I had sourced an old copy of Mediterranean Food by Elizabeth David, one that smells like it has lived in a dungeon for about six years. I keep thinking about cookbooks. Well, I guess these days they are so much more than just recipes. They are part memoir, part travel dialogue, photography, lifestyle, so much. Earlier that day I was listening to a podcast when Diana Henry, a British cookbook author, mentioned she had about 4,000 cookbooks. Now, I kid you not, my jaw did drop, but then so did my shoulders. I guess I have been busy buying roses. Souvenir de la Maison, Dijon, perhaps Jude the Obscure. But there was, I admit, a little leap in my chest. This is not so bad. I mean, they are all over the house. This house, I mean. In the cottage, the kitchen, the bedroom cupboard. But that was only because Rich insisted on building shelves in there. So that's kind of his fault. And Nigella Lawson keeps spare ones in her toilet. Although I have thought about this. And if I had her status as an author, I would keep them in the loo too. So other than that, I thought about it. And then I had the idea to just cook from one per week. Pick one and create a list of recipes. Cook. Yes, cook my little heart out. You see, I have to cook anyway. And I am a bit bored of the usual things that seem to rotate in our kitchen trying to keep three certain individuals happy. So I walked into the kitchen and grabbed Tessa's Piri Piri Starfish, Portugal found, and thought, I will begin here. So I started another blog, full that I am, and called it Too Many Cookbooks. You can see what I'm up to if you're in the mood for reading it. Although this week I have been a little slower to get back to writing, I still am cooking gradually through the recipes I chose from Jay Oliver's Jamie's Italy, which I really love. I bought it a number of years ago as a gift for Richard, since he has a dab hand with the pasta making skills. And you will see on the blog that I do mention that there has been only one problem that came from this book. That Rich, in all of his wisdom, read somewhere about adding grapes to the pizza. So every now and then, he gets a little enthusiastic and we are served a pizza with grapes. I am not a fan. But on reading the book properly this week, I have discovered that Jamie indeed suggests to add them to a dessert pizza or a breakfast pizza. Do Italians eat pizza for breakfast? I have not seen this, but it doesn't mean it would not happen. And then I think about the brioche and espresso culture that I know Italy for, and I think it is perhaps a little embellishment. A little fancy free on the page of the cookbook? I mean, Jamie Oliver can do what he likes. Walls around Italy, eating with his favourite Italians, making new friends. I am most happy for him. A little jealous, but happy. 
The problem is Richard did not read any further, so we are stuck with the grapes. But other than that, I am having a nice time reading cookbooks and getting to know them better, which is good because that will stop me from perusing Booktopia for any more. Although I must admit, after Paola's conversation from the Istria podcast a few weeks back, I am kind of wanting Marcella Hazan's Essentials of Italian Cooking. It's kind of talking to me. It's, it's there in the ethers. I could allow it to come under the banner of research, or perhaps I will just wait and see if it turns up at a secondhand bookstore one day. I can be patient. It is good to be patient. I need to get back to Italy after all. And lastly, Paola collects them too. Do you remember her saying that? She reads them and then sits them on the shelf. I am listening in the meantime to the book, The Italians, by John Hooper and laughing and considering more of the things I am still learning about with this Italian affair of mine. It is an affair, I have realised. It is a good affair, a happy affair, if a little one-sided, but fun. Yes, so Ishitar mentioned a number of great books on the Italophilia podcast we shared in September. So I'm listening to that while tending to the chickens, which reminds me, I have a story. So sometime in the middle of August, the same week we went into permanent lockdown, we bought five Ancona baby chickens. And that, yes, they do actually come from Italy, from Ancona in the Marche region, which is just obviously meant to be. But indeed, I am still wondering, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? These babies were only three days old. I can be very spontaneous sometimes, We went up there knowing very little at the time on how to manage the chickens, although I knew that at this time of the year, it is the only time you can get your hands on, my hands on, this particular variety, unless I go completely out of my way, but I'm a bit lazy about these things as well. So I was like, right, we need to get up there very soon and get these baby chickens. I was only going to get four, but then decided... It is likely we will get a rooster or two in the mix. So let's just get one more for insurance, I said to the girls. Yes, do you like my logic? Tony tells me they are very good layers. I love their black and white dotty fur and striking red plumage. So I tell the girls to anticipate two roosters. This is my instinct on the matter. Online it says this particular variety, the Ancona, is a typical Mediterranean breed, rustic, lively and hardy. This makes me more than happy. We take them home, having only a cardboard box. Maddie, fortunately not at work for a while, went on a diligent search to work out how to care for these chicks. We then learn we need to keep it at approximately 25 to 30 degrees for them to survive. So we have had baby chickens in the past, This is why I was a little bit like, yeah, let's just get some more. But at the time, Mother Hen took care of the business of rearing them and keeping them safe. So this is the first time we have gone out of our way to purchase the little small innocent black chicks. 
Now the funny part is that our house is possibly sitting around 18 to 20 degrees depending on where you are. Perhaps a little lower, perhaps a little higher. Part of it is open plan and with high pitched roofs so it is a pain to heat in other words. And our windows are cold. So in the cottage where I have my desk come studio arrangement is a very happy working gas heater. And so we had to leave that heater on at night and day to keep the chickens alive, basically. I mentally envisioned how the gas bill would look. It would not be pretty, but dead chickens are not exactly going to bring up the house morale when we are all stuck at home day and night. So we leave the gas on and my cottage starts to take on the delightful smell of barn odour within about four days. We managed to keep them alive and happy, although they are a flighty bunch of birds. Every time I get up from the desk, they start running around making a lot of noise, squawking and carrying on, the mulch flying everywhere, including my wooden floor. But they are very entertaining and we learn to live with the smell and the sound. Eventually, as they grow and get their feathers, we turn the heat down. Now, they are outside, still flighty as all get up, but kind of hilarious. Although, we did have one small altercation. Basically, one has always had a dodgy foot, so we took it back to the cellar to see. He threw her down on the ground amongst the hay at the rural store, and off little Chook went very happy, walking quite well. Tony kindly gave us another Ancona for insurance, in case this one didn't make it. The girls and I went home all happy, a victory. Six chickens now. The girls named them Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, Rihanna and Florence. And in the event, in the early days when we got them, that there are a rooster or two, Grace says Kanye and I say yeah, Kanye and Snoop Dogg. But after a week, after moving them outside, the one with the dodgy leg gets stuck and he's not moving and laying there rather forlorn. The other chickens do their chicken thing and pick on it. So again, we get another box and bring it inside. This is a bit of a silly story, but I couldn't help but share it. A few days later, Richard thinks we should stick it up in the other chook pen, which is in the paddock. Still, she survives, even if a little lonely. But the next thing he does is make a mistake. He puts it outside one day while on school holidays. He is home and puts a wire cover on it. Poor little chicken, unable to move, gets a visit from the cat, Matisse. Boom, Matisse bites her head off. I am hanging the clothes on the line and Rich says, uh-oh, Matisse has visited the chicken. The cat, in all of its feisty hunter instincts, has seen his lunch. He has been eyeing them diligently in the cottage for weeks and the opportunity obviously presented itself he stuck his big fat paw in and dragged her over poor little soul the chicken had no choice couldn't escape could she grace tells me the dead one is florence Liv is not going to be happy with this opinion so i will not mention this headless richard buries the remains of the chicken So now we have officially three hens and two roosters. Kanye and Snoop Dogg have elegant combs now, a deep red from their ample heads, 
letting us know officially that they are boss one and boss two. They are two very good looking roosters. Our neighbors are going to love us. The good news is though, Tony told me when we bought them that they are excellent layers. And that is fantastic because I get conniptions when we run low on eggs because I like to make things from scratch for the treats and snacks. So all fingers are crossed that all will be well. And the last thing that I shall share today is that I am finally rewriting and editing my book in the shadow of a cypress that I long ago shared on the podcast in all of my naive wonderment on the pod in the early days. At last, I have committed. It has taken me months, or dare I say longer, to get the courage up to go back and really look at it. I can't go back and listen to it, honestly. I know it is a little rough around the edges, but that is life. I'm okay with it. It needs a fair amount of attention, fact-checking and all, but I would like to say it has been the sharing of the Padova to Paris adventure that has helped me get my head around writing again, so that has been great. I've been spending my mornings typing and reading. In the short term, it is very nice to go back and reflect on the photos and the journey. It was a small journey, but filled with grand moments. So I will at some stage publish this work. Things are happening, book covers, all of it. So stay tuned and check the website down the track. It did give me some relief recently, though, listening to Henry Miller and his book on writing. In chapter three, on writing, he said, quote, everyone I showed it to said it was terrible. End of quote. And that they kind of suggested he should stop writing. I did have a laugh at that. So I am really excited about 2022. It is good to wrap things up for this year, I must say. This past year, six months, all of it, two years has been kind of epic. My last six months has been emotionally a roller coaster ride. My dad got quite sick, a close work colleague is going through chemo, and it all happened at once. Oh, crazy land. What is it about being in your 40s that suddenly you are looking up and you are looking down at my kids, at my parents? I have been lucky to have my grandparents around for a really long time, and my grandmother died as well. Even though, you know, you expect these things to happen, it's still very raw and um, certainly that feeling of carpe diem has become really strong and dare I say very real so hang on to the good stuff let it feed you and with that I'm going to share a lovely review some gorgeous spirit left me I am not sure when because I rarely look at these things you see I realize I want to look but If I get a really bad one, I know I'll be slightly offended. (laughs) And doing a podcast is a huge undertaking. But don't worry, I think my ego can handle it. You have to take the good with the bad, don't you? And I have shared plenty of both, I'm sure. So let's just say that this little note on the podcast made me feel very heart warmed. So thank you, dear listener. I appreciate it more than words can say, I promise you. So a listener from the USA said, 
Escape to Italy. Such a great podcast to listen to at night or any time you need to escape. Her music and soft voice take me away to a calming place as I dream of travel in, in Italy. And after having a better look, I found more beautiful reviews that a few of you have left me. One titled Dreamy Travel Through Italy and the other one titled Marvelous Episodes. And I think these three have come from the USA. So I I am really grateful that you've written those. It means so much to me because I kind of live with my heart on my sleeve, as you may have noticed. And sometimes you have really no idea. So it's I really treasure that you've shared them. And thank you. Yes, so I kind of discovered these details because the podcast with Paola charted really well on the Australian iTunes for Travel and Places, which was for me a really nice kind of victory in the podcast department on a personal level. So occasionally I get these emails that tell me things I might like to know and, you know, they want you to sign up so you can get all these charts and everything, but I don't kind of do it for that. I do it for me and for the lovely listeners who keep turning up. And it's a real great experiment and challenge to see how far you can take your creativity. And I have learnt a lot over the last few years. Another roller coaster ride, but a good one. So those reviews, when I read them, really gave me a bounce in my step and made me feel super happy. So thank you so much. Next week, I will be back with the Nice and Monaco share very close to the Italian border. In fact, both places were a part of Italy at one time, so you get that taste of the gorgeous architecture and, you know, the Italian Riviera, the French Riviera, it kind of merges somewhere. So this will help me buckle up and write it all down over the next few weeks and get another podcast out there. So thank you again, my friends. Take care and happy adventures wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining me.